Quest, Lil Wayne, mm, no. Big Show and The Undertaker. Oh, that's, actually, that's more promising. How many X's are in Axis? Oh, hey, Pear Bear, what are you doing? Researching historical collaborations, Bilbo. Of course. We're getting into bed with that Jorvik Viking thing. Rude. No, that's what they're called, silly. Oh, yeah. Anyway, the get-together is upon us. And just in time, too. There's only so many half-baked memes I can serve on the socials whilst shouting, CONTENT! Never fear, Bilbo. We no longer need you to deliver your cold content burger with extra weak sauce. And fries. And fries. So, what's on the new improved menu, Peabody? This week, Miranda and Lucas will be talking about the mead of poetry. So uh, that's what we've done for them. We've done our version of the story, and then they're going to talk about the serious history bits behind it. And uh, hopefully heap us with praise, because we are very good, of course. Mm -hmm. Or at least not be mean about us on our own show. That would be nice. Oh, fun. Let's listen. Want a burger? (sighs) If you must. Gather ye friends around your flickering campfires and listen to tales of teamwork, shared effort and collaboration. I love a collab. Who are we teaming up with? Our good friends at the Jorvik Viking Centre, Bilbo. They've said, profits be damned, we want the Silly History Boys. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be getting our silliness all over their podcast. Surely, Jorvik are entirely too sensible for... The Silly History Boys show. (laughs) Apparently not, Tombo. They've asked us to tell four epic tales of gods, giants and sundry other Norse legends. Norse legends? Yes! That means I get to do my Primark Anthony Hopkins Odin voice. And I get to do my incredible Chris Hemsworth Thor voice. Incredible might be pushing it a bit. Don't know what you're going on about, you great galah. Oh my goodness, it's Chris Hemsworth. If he'd just had a second baby and was almost dead from lack of sleep. Please kill me. Before we do anything, we may be dribbling into the ears of people who've never heard of us. So, who are we? I am Uncle Bilbo. In another life, I was known as Will. But then I met Bob Bob. I am the amateur horticulturalist and bacon sandwich enthusiast known only as the Pear Bear. Unless, of course, you want to call me Stuart, which was my actual name. Until I met Bob Bob. And I am your dear Uncle Bob Bob, otherwise known as Rob. I enjoy long walks on the beach, military literature, and giving everyone I meet nicknames. It's a form of dominance. And I am Tombo father of a toddler born during lockdown and of a baby born on Christmas Day. This last Christmas Day just gone, in fact. (laughs) Oh, God. God, I'm so tired. Now we've introduced ourselves, we can get to the story. That's right, Bilbo. And seeing as this is the first week, it would seem proper to tell a tale of the big man, Odin. Yes, that's me, listener. Greetings, my friends. Prepare yourself for a portion of the Allfather. We present to you the Mead of Poetry. 
A long time ago, there was a war between two tribes of gods. The Aesir... Hey, I'm one of those, you know. Um, yes, thank you, Odin. A war between the Aesir and the Vanir. At its conclusion, the gods sealed their truce by spitting into a massive bucket. Uh. That's how we roll, innit? Worse than footballers we gods are. And from that bucket of spit was born Kvasir, the wisest human that ever lived. Oh, hello. I'm Kvasir, and I'm so wise that I travel the world answering questions and giving advice. I've been asked to the house of two dwarves, Fiala and Gala, who say they've got a conundrum for me. Oh, here we are. What do you want? Hello, I'm Kvasir the Wires. Um, you invited me here, didn't you? Maybe. Gala? Yes, Fiala? You order a wise guy. I did. Question for you, wise guy. Fire away. What's got two thumbs and just got stabbed? Ah! Well, I'm going to say, seeing as you just stabbed me, that it's me? That is pretty wise. Having immediately murdered Kvasir upon his arrival at the house, the two dwarves brewed mead from his blood. Oh, gross. The mead contained Kvasir's wisdom, and anyone who drank it would become a poet or a scholar. Kvasir's disappearance didn't go unnoticed, however. What do you want? Oh, hello there. I'm investigating a string of disappearances in the local area. You're the police or something? No, no, I'm the old father. Odin, you might have heard of me. Maybe. Galar, you order an old father? Nope. What's he want? Well, you see, there's been some strange disappearances recently. First, there was Kvasir. Never heard of him. Oh, really? That's odd. I've heard he came to see you. Oh, him? Yeah, yeah, we met him once. I think did we meet him? Yeah, once, yeah. Uh, didn't stab him. Or brew mead out of his blood or anything, no? Not us. Good to know, good to know. Then there was the giant, Gilling. Never heard of him. Last seen heading out to sea with two dwarves. Oh, him. Yeah, met him. Didn't take him out to sea and drown him, though. And his wife? Never heard of him. Last seen weeping and heading to your house? Oh, her. Definitely didn't drop a millstone on her head to stop her crying. Are you absolutely sure? It's just the way you're saying it makes it sound more like you did drop a millstone on her head. You see? That's just my accent. Well then, glad we got that all cleared up. Yeah. Goodbye. Eventually, the two dwarves were confronted by Gilling's son, Sutung the Giant. He dragged them out to sea and was about to drown them when they offered him the magical mead that they had made in exchange for their lives. Sutung agreed and hid the mead in a chamber beneath a mountain. He set his daughter Gunlod to guarding it. This hoarding of the mead caught the attention of me, 
I have, after all, an insatiable thirst for knowledge and wisdom. This mead sounds right up my alley, and I will do literally anything to get my hands on it. And so Odin made his way to the farm of Baugi, who was the brother of Suttung. There he encountered Baugi's servants mowing wheat with their scythes and tricked them into murdering each other. Don't make it sound so sordid, Pepe. Well, didn't you? Oh yeah, I absolutely did, yeah. But I had a good reason. So I could lie convincingly. That's not a good reason. Hello? Hello there, I'm sorry to tell you that all nine of your servants have accidentally murdered each other with their scythes. Oh, have they, oh blast? That's a dreadful inconvenience. The harvest's due. Well, I could do the job for you. My name's Bullverker, and I can do the work of nine people easy. Really? Oh, I guarantee it, sir. All it'll cost you is a little sip of your brother Sutton's mead. Babe's not mine to give away, but if you can truly do the work of nine men, then, then I'll do everything in my power to help you. Deal. Now for the hard cut to the end of the harvest season. There you are. Nine men's worth of harvest. Oh, wow, unbelievable. You truly worked wonders. <laughs> Come on, I'll take you to my brothers and ask if you can have some mead. But Sutton angrily refused when he was asked and turned his brother and the disguised Odin away. Need I remind you of our deal, Baugi? I've done all I can. You have not. If your brother won't let me take the front door, then you and I will make a back door. How? I'm so glad you asked. With this. From his cloak, Odin pulled out an auger. You can drill a hole in the mountain with this, right through to where the mead is. Oh, fine. Okay. There. Blimey, that was quick. Let's see how you've done. <coughs> That's not all the way through. I'd have been trapped in there. It's the size of a drill. You wouldn't fit. Finish your hole, giant. Oh, fine. <clears throat> there you go. All the way through. Well, we'll see about that. <clears throat> ah. Good. All the way through. Still don't see how you're getting in. Then a joke's on you, Baugi, for I am, in fact, Odin, Allfather, and I can turn into a snake in it! Yoink! And with that, Odin transformed himself into a snake and slipped into the hole Baugi had just drilled. Baugi tried to stab at him with the auger, but Odin was too fast for him. <laughs> too slow. Once inside the mountain, Odin transformed himself into the shape of a handsome young man. For the final obstacle he had to overcome was Suttung's daughter, Gunnlod. Oh, hello there. Aren't you a handsome young man? Give us a kiss. Okay, but it'll cost you a sip of mead. Deal. In fact, Give us three kisses and you can have a sip of mead for each. Boom! 
pocket up those kisses then, fair giant lady, for you are about to take a trip to Smoochstown. Well, this episode got weird, didn't it? Still, professionals that they are, Bilbo, they recorded this scene in person. Liverpool Derby, somewhere in between, they met up, filmed this scene in a motel or something. That's commitment, that's what that is. Smooching completed. Odin was taken to the mead, which was kept in three vats. Odin took a sip of each, and because it was Odin, each sip drained the entire vat dry. <sighs> oh, that's wisdomy, that is. And now, to escape, Odin as eagle! Go! Odin fled Sutung's mountain with the mead stored in his throat, but Sutung soon found out, turned into an eagle himself, and gave chase. Odin flew to Asgard, city of the gods. And when they saw him coming, the gods set out many buckets and barrels on the city walls. As Odin reached Asgard, Sutung let out a great cry as he knew he could not enter the city of the gods. Defeated, he returned to his mountain. As Odin reached the buckets and barrels, he regurgitated the mead into them. A few drops missed, however, and fell to Midgard, the realm of men. It is said that the abilities of bad poets and mediocre scholars come from these spilled drops. But it is the mead that I dispense personally that gives the true poets and greatest scholars their skills. All thanks to me, Odin, the Allfather. Um, thanks? You are welcome, sweet Bear Bear. I didn't know you could shape change. Of course I can. I'm the old father, innit? Can you change into anything? Yeah, anything at all. Could you change into a dear Uncle Bob Bob? I could. I don't know why I'd want to, though. His wife is pretty fit. Hmm? Plus, we really need to wrap up the show. Oh, you had me at fit wife. Boom! Oh, hi, guys. It's me, your dear Uncle Bob Bob. Have I been gone for most of an episode of... The Silly History Boys Show! You have. And for that... And for the murderous dwarves... And for the silly voices... We are, as ever... Sorry! In Viking times, a thing was a gathering, a place where leaders and warriors could meet and talk. In the 21st century, our thing is a virtual place where history academics and enthusiasts from around the world can come together to share knowledge. We're your hosts, Miranda Schmiederer and Lucas Norton. So hold on to your helmets for this episode of that Jorvik Viking Thing podcast. The Serious History Boys Show. I'm a girl, and I don't, I don't know how serious this is. I like to think we have a bit of fun in amongst all of our uh, notes and stacks of the Eddas and stuff. You yeah, know? we have a few giggles at the bizarreness <laughs> of these strange <laughs> stories from the Viking Age. Yes, definitely. But no matter how much fun we have, I don't think we can ever compete with how good that story was by the Silly History Boys. What do you think? It was wonderful, yeah. It was so funny. They did such a good job um, kind of explaining all of this, but shall we talk about the the nitty-gritty, the fun historical sources and yes. uh, all of the history that goes into these fun stories? Yes, sure. So, 
Should we start with the source of the story let's, then? Yeah, let's start with the source. Where does where does the meat of poetry story come from? Surprise, surprise, the Eddas. The Eddas. Can, yes. for, for people who are listening to this episode for the very first time, what are the Eddas? So we've got two different texts that we refer to as the Eddas, the Poetic Edda and the Prose Edda. These are both written a little bit after the Viking Age in Iceland, in the around the 13th century, though they contain material from the Viking Age, in some cases preserved in poetry. The Poetic Edda is full of myths in the form of poetry, and the Prose Edda is a text written in prose, surprise, <laughs> surprise, uh, written by an author in Iceland named Snorri Sturluson. So this particular story of the Mead of Poetry pops up in both of these texts, to a certain extent, there's a poem called Havamal, which some listeners may have heard of before, that is written by Odin himself, Ooh. supposedly. Is Odin a good poet? Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> <laughs> there are some good bits, there are some iffy bits. I think maybe we should do an episode in the future on the Havamal. Definitely. There's a lot of weird stuff in that poem <laughs> um and in this particular poem odin mentions this story and it's only a small part of it we don't really know what's going on in it if we didn't have the full version of the story done by snorri sturluson in the prose edda so the prose edda is like a crash course in viking mythology and the mead of poetry is one of the many many myths preserved within the prose edda it's in one particular part of the text called Skuldskapramal. Fun word to say. Yes, definitely. The language of poetry. And it's a story within a story. In this part, there's a giant named Agir, who is kind of like a god of the sea. And he attends a feast held by the gods. He's then sat down next to Bragi, a god of poetry. And Bragi does not shut up. We've all been at parties like that, haven't we? Yes, a fair few times. Go talk to my weird friend in the corner over there. <laughs> he won't stop talking about poetry. They have a really long, very stilted conversation <laughs> about myths and legends. He then starts talking about ancient Greek history, because of course the Norse gods are characters from the Trojan War. I'm sure you mentioned that in our very first episode we ever did. You said how uh, Loki and Thor were fighting in the Trojan War. Yeah, and the city of Troy is Asgard itself. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. That makes sense. Yeah, because like Asgard, Asia, it's right in front of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bragi just becomes a walking, talking thesaurus, kind of going, there are lots of different words for poetry. There's this word, there's that word, and this word. Thor is known by many names. There's this name, this name. Braggy sounds like a name. riot, doesn't yeah. he? Um, <laughs> poor idea. But anyway, one of the stories is the Mead of Poetry, which the Silly History Boys have just recited for us. So what do you think? Did the Silly History Boys do a pretty accurate portrayal of this story then? Yeah, it was very accurate. And they made a um, quite random and dark story. Quite fun and lighthearted, <laughs> which I like, yes. <laughs> I mean, there were a few weird things. Um, I mean, I, I the the vat of spit or the bucket of spit was that you know from the actual historical source. It's what Snorri tells us, or what Bragi tells Agir happened in the story within a story. I That's mean, what the text says. I I don't spit into many buckets, but if I did, I wouldn't necessarily assume it would turn into the wisest man ever created. Yeah, a lot of these myths they've just got. It's a series of random events, which I don't <laughs> think we're supposed to think too much about. But a lot of these things just happen the one time and never happen again, and no one comments upon it. So, 
Maybe it was a common thing to spit in a vat as a symbol of peace. It only pops up here as far as I'm aware, <laughs> though. And then this spit turns into a dude, which doesn't happen anywhere else. Just the wisest dude. Yes. Ever. But not wise enough to avoid being murdered by the dwarves. I don't think he was that wise. No, no, it didn't seem like yeah. he put up much of a fight, really. Come to our house, we definitely won't murder you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they brew his blood into mead. And it's not really explained why. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but Maybe this was a really common practice it, and there's just not a lot of evidence for it otherwise. It might have been, yeah. We've only got a small percentage of Norse mythology, you must remember. <laughs> Maybe just spitting and brewing blood was a really common trope in these stories, <laughs> which have been lost to the ages. And um, the, the dwarves actually lie when they're asked, where's he gone? Where is Kwasir, the wisest man? They say he's suffocated on his own intelligence. That's pretty sick burn i'm gonna start using that on like really pretentious people like (laughs) be careful you might suffocate on your own intelligence um and the dwarves are not very nice are they start with murder kwasir they then kill two giants for no obvious reason no there's no explanation provided that there's never an explanation provided in norse (laughs) mythology the first giants um snorri tells us that they drown out at sea the giant can't swim his wife is then a bit sad and won't stop crying, understandably. Yeah. And the dwarves get a bit annoyed, so drop a stone on her head. I mean, that's just awful, really, yeah. isn't it? And I feel like the poor giants are kind of made out to be the villains in this story. But it's just one calamity and sad occurrence after another for them. Yeah, they're, they're always the baddies, aren't they? Yeah. But they are very clearly victims <laughs> here. They've done nothing wrong in this story. So this sequence of bizarre and random events eventually brings us up to Odin, the main part of our story. What a creep he is, though, right? I know, Odin is so disturbing, isn't he? He really, We need really to do an episode is. in the future on the disturbingness Just, just the Odin. kind of crazy ways that Odin is being a, a creep, and every yeah. every time he comes up, he's just doing something weird. Yeah. As, as he does in a lot of stories, he's disguised. His disguise is always terrible, though. He disguises himself as a one-eyed man with a big spear... Who looks a bit like a god. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, right, is if I'm just walking out and about and, like, you saw someone like that, you'd be like, hey, they look a bit like Odin. You wouldn't think they were Odin. That's true, So yeah. maybe it's the best disguise, yeah. you know? Like how you see a celebrity, maybe, in the street <laughs> and you're like, is that them? No, no it could be. be. <laughs> no, no, they're in Hollywood. They wouldn't be here in York, no. <laughs> so Odin has lots and lots of names that he uses when he goes out in the world in his cunning disguise. Mm-hmm. In this one, he introduces himself as Bolverker. Now, this literally means evildoer. Wow, he's really not trying to conceal his intentions here, is he? Big old red flag, isn't it? <laughs> Knock on the door. Hello, I'm evildoer. Your servants mysteriously died. <laughs> Could I come in your house, please, and do some chores? <laughs> sure, come on in, you yeah. know. With all his cunning deceit and manipulation, Odin eventually gets to the mountain Hnitbjorg and drills through it with something called Ratty's Tusk. What is that? Dunno. Cool, cool, cool. Again, it's one of these many things <laughs> that's mentioned in passing in one story, never comes up again. I don't think Ratty is mentioned anywhere else in myths and legends I've come across. I sure hope they don't miss their tusk. 
don't know if it's a man or a woman, if it's an elephant or a <laughs> walrus or just something we can't even imagine. But anyway, a ratty's tusk, very useful for drilling into the mountain. Good. And when he's in there, he meets Gunloda, the giantess. Yes, a bit of smooching occurred. Yeah, so the silly history boys were on their very best behaviour in this story today, weren't they? Yes, they absolutely were. Are you alluding to the fact that maybe a bit more than a couple of smooches occurred? Yes, just a little bit more. Apparently, he spends quite a while <laughs> with Gunloda, the giantess. Three, um, three or so nights, maybe? Yes, three nights with her. So, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And in exchange for all that quality time, he got three sips of mead. Yes, three very greedy sips of mead. He downed all three containers of it. <laughs> and then he turns into a bird. He's, he, also, he's been a snake as well. Odin is a shapeshift. Odin's an animorph, basically. <laughs> uh, he flies away with the mead in his stomach. There's also an extra bit in the poem Habermal, where Sutung, the giant who owned the mead, comes to Asgard, knocks on the door... And says, is Bolverka there? And Odin answers the door. And of course, Odin is not Bolverka. Wink, wink. And Odin goes, no, he's not here. But who can trust Odin? <laughs> oh my god. And Susan goes, okay, bye. <laughs> Odin, what creep? So, I mean, mead was pretty important to the Vikings. Um, there's some pretty good mead out there these days. And you can even purchase some lovely uh, Nidhogger mead in the Jorvik gift shop, can't you? Yeah, it's very yummy. <laughs> and it's not at all been contained in Odin's stomach, we promise. <laughs> so the mead of poetry itself, it has a name in Old Norse, it's Ordrerir. Right. And that means the mover to madness. <laughs> right, okay. Which I guess is the effect that booze has on some people, doesn't yeah, it? Makes absolutely. you a bit loopy. And I guess you've got a kind of, you know chaotic loopy mind that leads to poetry composition <laughs> a bit of creativity yeah. yeah um it kind of you know dulls the part of the brain maybe that kind of moderates your sensible behavior yes fair and um leads to artistic ideas flowing <laughs> out in that in that madness the the orbit group does not condone excessive alcohol consumption no, no, no. i must stress that <laughs> So, as you'll have heard in the story just now, the mead of poetry is flown back to Asgard when Odin is in the form of a bird. Mm -hmm. He then vomits it into some containers. Yum! <laughs> and the story tells us that any good poets or scholars amongst humanity are said to have drunk from this mead. Yuck. So, it's sickly sweet Odin vomits made from fermented murder victim. <laughs> and that makes you a good poet. It does, yes. Sure. So... When you compose Viking poetry, you need to make use of things called kennings, which are a bit like word riddles. I've got some basic ones here we sometimes use when school kids visit Jorvik. You might, as a poet, say you look, looked up and you saw the sky candle, which means the... Sun, yeah. right? Yeah. You might sail your ship across the whale road. I mean, whales don't drive, so I would assume that's the ocean. Yeah, well done. I tasted the mead with my word meadow. Tongue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the word grow on the tongue, <laughs> I suppose. And you may remember from a previous episode, eel heaven. Eel heaven. It's ice. Yes. They look the up and they see the ice. That's nice. Exactly. So a lot of the Kennings will use elements of mythology, which is why Snorri wrote his book in the first place. And the Mead of Poetry has got many, many, many Kennings, which Bragi lists for poor Agir <laughs> in the story that frames this story. Shall we have a few then? So, instead of saying, I drank the mead of poetry, you could say, 
I drank Kwasir's blood. Eh, that's alright. I drank the liquid Ochnitsbjörg, the mountain where it was stored. Sure. I drank Odin's cargo. <laughs> okay. The little cargo <laughs> container, his stomach. But you can also have layers of kennings within kennings to kind of show off how good you are at poetry. So rather than say mead of poetry, you could say I drank the ancient horn cascade of the meanness avoiding cargo of Gunlo's embrace. I'm surprised they don't use that phrase more often when describing poets, yeah. really. You know, Emily Dickinson really did something with horn cascades and, you know, cargo, didn't she? It does make you wonder what a royal Viking court is like when poets are saying things. <laughs> Do they sit there in silence for 10 seconds? And Trying go, to work out what they're... Oh! Oh, <laughs> oh he's a good scald, isn't he? Oh, I see what you did there. I'd have to um, write it down and look it up later, yeah. you know? <laughs> you might remember at the very end of the story we've just heard that not all the mead made it back to Asgard. No, right. They Some of it was spilt, wasn't it? Spilt, yes. The silly history boys once again were on their best behaviour. <laughs> they avoided an obvious poop joke at this point. Oh no. Because Odin pooped himself in terror, basically, <laughs> in Snorri's version. Well, a giant uh, was chasing him. I, can't, I don't know that I could blame him. Uh, so Snorri tells us that this mead was sent out backwards... And was disregarded Ooh. for obvious reasons. Yeah, I wouldn't want to drink that. No. But apparently, if you are a bad poet, or as Snorri says, a fool's poet, or a mere rhymester, you are said to have drunk the mead that's come out of the Odin eagle's butt, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lovely. once again, there is a kenning for this as well. If you want to accuse a Viking of being a terrible poet, you might say, you have not snatched much mead at all. You've clearly just consumed the dung of the ancient eagle. Ooh, sick burn. Yeah. But I think we can both agree that the Silly History Boys definitely drank a bit of Odin's cargo, the good yes. mead, don't the, you think? The good vomit mead <laughs> that makes you an excellent storyteller. Fermented yes. from that poor wise guy's blood. <laughs> they were good poets, good storytellers. Definitely. And I mean, I think our listeners should definitely tune in next Monday because I think the Silly History Boys are back with us, aren't they? Yeah, I think next week we will hear a bit more from uh, Australian Thor. I hope so. <laughs> So we definitely need to thank the Silly History Boys for um, livening up our, our usual chat about the, the myths. Um, but we also want to thank Zapsplat for providing some very fun sounds for their story. We also want to thank Scott Buckley for providing the music for the Silly History Boys as well. If you liked this episode and want to learn more about the Vikings, then come visit Jorvik Viking Centre, where you can enjoy the sights, sounds and smells of the Viking Age. You can book your tickets at jorvikvikingcentre.co.uk. Thanks for listening to that Jorvik Viking Thing podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. That Jorvik Viking Thing podcast is a production of the Jorvik Group and York Archaeology, hosted by Miranda Schmiederer and Lucas Norton. Researched by Lucas Norton, produced by Miranda Schmiederer, Lucas Norton, and Gareth Henry. Sound designed and edited by Miranda Schmiederer. That were a proper merge, that were good to be back oh it's good to be back and collaborating oh yes we boys are ever the eager types
There is no I in silly. Uh, yes, there is. If you say so. All I'm trying to say is we're really good at joint efforts. Agreed. Now, help me with this list of most disappointing historical team-ups, will you? <laughs> no, I'm OK, thanks. Sounds boring. Bye. See you next week. OK, bye. Ugh, what an association.